Hi guys, I'm Bree. And I'm Allie, and this is Off Script. If you think about it, books are potential scripts for movies. When this adaptation happens, typically it's disappointing because they went off script. In this series, we will be talking about how off script they went. Hi. The hard thing is, is looking up here. Oh, yeah. And not at ourselves. You'd think I'd be used to that with vlogging, but I'm not. Sorry if I have a lisp, guys. Uh, I got Invisalign. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's right. But I'm on my second tray, and this one I feel like I talk better with for some reason. Yeah, I don't really hear your lisp. Thank goodness. I freaking, a coworker of mine, who you know, and after I tell you the story, you're going to be like, oh, duh, but I'm not going to say names. Um, Hold on, I had to turn off my vibration. Um, We were going and taking equipment back to... It's also hard because I want to look at you. I know. That's what I'm doing. Looking <laughs> I'm at you. Looking at you. Like you can see me. <laughs> we're recording. Like we're video recording too, guys. And we have a um, webcam. Webcam. So we keep looking at the screen instead of the camera. The camera. So if you want to go watch this episode. You can. Just realize that we're <laughs> staring. At we're staring other. at the wrong spot. So. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Work in progress. Uh, but we were taking equipment back and I rarely go into the office anymore. And we, oh, he asked me if I was going back. And last week someone put on Space Jam. Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh. And they had it on loop. And so I jokingly was like, well, if Space Jam is still on, but with the tray I had in, space jam came out like very horribly and i went oh sorry did you hear my list just then and he goes i've been hearing it all day (laughs) i was like cool thanks i'm just trying not to be rude but oh my gosh yeah i was like wow way to make someone feel not self-conscious at all i mean that's true. He could have just not said anything. Yeah. No, no, no worries. I know. Like, oh, I barely heard it. <laughs> I've been hearing it all day. <laughs> Can you stop talking? That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, man. And then I'm over here, like, getting over it. I don't even know what it was. It started off as I'm 100% sure allergy laryngitis, right? Your just voice mm-hmm. goes away when mm-hmm. you have allergies. But then I got sick. So I don't know if it was pre-sick or whatever. My voice was gone. <laughs> and it's not all the way back yet. So if it sounds like a man talking right now. <laughs> Hi. How are you? That's about where I'm at. I have been for two weeks now. I've got a list. She's a man. I almost said she's got a man. Oh, <laughs> uh, maybe one day. <laughs> Oh man. Alrighty. Yeah. Okay. And so uh sorry we didn't have a mini last week. It was supposed yes. to be our water for elephants mini Yes, I was in Arizona mm-hmm. celebrating my grandparents' sixtieth wedding anniversary. Mm-hmm. And so we just couldn't make time to record. Yeah, everything was crazy in the times to try to record. I so, realized I was like, nip, not happening. I'll take the blame for that one. Sorry guys. <laughs> but we're still gonna do the water for elephants. 
I almost said questionnaire. <laughs> Discussion questions. There you go. That are in the back of this book. You flipped a lot of pages. There's a lot of them. N- no. Oh. There's first a conversation with the author. Oh. Yeah. Which is kind of cool. But then we go to... Voila. Book group discussion questions. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. To what extent do the chapters concerning the elderly Jacob enhance the chapters recounting the young Jacob's experiences with the Benzini Brothers Circus? In what ways do the chapters about the young Jacob contribute to a deeper understanding of the elderly Jacob's life? Hmm. Well, didn't we agree that we didn't like the flipping and back and forth? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So, but I guess, I mean, it gave a uh, perspective on mm-hmm. like, like when he got his concussion. Yeah. We it made knew, sense why he was. Yeah. Um, slipping back. Mm-hmm. And so. Mm-hmm. But I honestly think we could done without. Yeah. I think so too. Yeah. Give me like maybe at the start and the end. Yeah. I would have liked that. Mm-hmm. Kind of like the movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I wonder what we chose. (laughs) (laughs) How does the novel's epigraph, the quote from Dr. Seuss's Horton hatches the egg, apply to the novel? What are the roles and importance of faithfulness and loyalty in Water for Elephants? In what ways does Gruen contrast... Okay, we're going to have to answer that. Yeah, I was like, wait, that's like six questions. (laughs) I I was like, holy crap. (laughs) I thought, because the last one like tied together. And Mm. when we did the perks for... Perks for Elephants... when we did the perks questions i asked that one and it all related to each other so i stopped or so that's why i just tried to ask it all and i was like holy crap so first i'm gonna start with reading the epigraph okay i meant what i said and i said what i meant an elephant's faithful 100 percent. i love that movie you guys my gosh it's on our list don't worry But how does it apply to the novel? Uh, the elephant was super faithful. Mm-hmm. She freaking killed the guy that was hurting her. Mm-hmm. And then, but she. Uh, that was hurting her and hurting Marlena. Uh huh. And going after Jacob. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She just, I just love elephants. <laughs> what are the roles and importance of faithfulness and loyalty in Water for Elephants? I mean, it's important. How? <laughs> I feel like I'm in English class all over again. I was just gonna say Allie would be horrible at book clubs. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Yet she signed up for this. Look, okay. did you just hear my list? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, we basically are a book club, didn't we? Decide that when we did the perks one, yes. Mm-hmm. So, but um, what was the question? <laughs> feels like an English class when you're writing the paper and you just ramble on hoping yes. that you answered it. That's exactly what you're about to get. What are the roles and importance of faithfulness and loyalty in Water for Elephants? Um, I think that... Well, faithfulness is how... Uh, what's his name? Jacob treats Marlena like they're... Or loyalty. I don't know. Faithful or loyal. Loyal. <coughs> Dang it. <laughs> um, yeah. That's my answer. <laughs> I'm not even going to try and BS. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still trying to think. I'm like, I think loyalty definitely comes in like 
Jacob with the animals. Uh, like we said, Rosie with the two. I really want to come up with like a really deep and meaningful one for faithfulness, but I'm like. Faithfulness. <sighs> None of them are faithful. She freaking cheats on her husband and. I'm not talking about faithful like that. I'm thinking faithful like <laughs> Jacob trusts his gut and he jumped on the train and then. Oh, okay. <laughs> I guess that's true. He did that. <laughs> 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 talking about <laughs> goodness <laughs> in what ways does Gruen contrast the antagonisms and cruelties of circus life with the equally impressive loyalties and instances of caring that's a good question so like how does he like balance it how does she balance she? it yeah. Sorry. <laughs> whoops um obviously the antagonisms and cruelties is august with rosie and with people everything (laughs) yeah the whole no you're good the whole uh, the whole circus all the animals and cruelty and everything all the people do yeah like throwing them off the train Mm -hmm. yeah it was just sad to think that that was freaking do you think that's really how it happened yeah yeah so for sure why were you looking at me like that (laughs) because you're not really answering the question well, I was, I wasn't done. Oh, I was like, yes, good. We've got the first part of this question. Goodness. Okay, and then how does it? How does she contrast the antagonisms with the equally impressive loyalties and instances of caring? Honestly, she puts scenes back to back, mm-hmm. and she goes from a scene where August is just cruel to. But look, Rosie is cute and stealing lemonade. Yeah. And then, like, when August hurts the animals, then Jacob comes and yeah. takes care of them. Yeah. So. Or, like, when... Nope. Nope. I was basically just going to say the exact same thing, but I lost my, like, train of thought. I was going to talk about the scene where Jacob's going to shoot I the was horse. I just thinking that, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's the same thing. Yeah. But where, yeah, where August is like, no. And he's like, no, yeah. I'm putting the horse out of its misery. Yeah. Like, well, yeah, exactly. August is like that too. But with Marlena too, where Jacob's like, go find Marlena as in to be with her. Oh yeah. And he's like, she has no say in this. I just told you to kill the horse. So kill the horse. <laughs> Such a mean man. <laughs> you imagine if your husband said that <laughs> i've been like i left him years forever ago, ago mm-hmm. yeah okay who did you upon reading the prologue think murdered august what effect did that opening scene of chaos and murder have on your reception of the story that follows we kind of talked about that we did talk about it yeah, yeah we definitely thought it was marlena uh-huh. Allie was so confused <laughs> after she got to the end of the book that she changed it in the podcast I did. I seriously did. I was like, how did I'm I, incorrect. How did I not write that down? Yeah. Yeah. And then the effect that it had was then the whole entire book. I just kept like waiting for Marlena's step. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh shit, Marlena's about to go crazy. I and know. I was like, dude, this is who he falls in love with. How is that even possible? I was like, I, yeah. And then at the end, when 
you know, obviously it's about to go crazy, right? They've led up to it where they're they're yeah. eating dinner or lunch. The whole stampede and, and uh-huh. And but it's like Marlena was like, it didn't seem like she was going crazy at that moment. So I'm like, how is yeah. she just snap? Like what happened? Well, like, when she said or when she told Jacob she was pregnant in the book, that's when I was like, Oh, maybe she's like really protective of the baby. Like maybe he's doing something to her, like Oh yeah, that would be a good guess. Yeah, but oh, then that was, was like. A, but then I also in my head was like, oh my gosh, but that's so stressful and so like, she's pregnant. She shouldn't be doing that. And then we find out. Yeah, and then the elephant doesn't. Mom's like, oh, that's how they get away with that. Okay. In connection with Jacob's formal dinner with August and Marlena in their stateroom, Jacob remarks, "August is gracious, charming, and mischievous." To what extent is this an adequate characterization of August? Do you want me to continue asking the other nope. three questions? Okay. Nope. Well, I think it's very accurate. Like yeah. he is charming mm-hmm. and he is like, what are the other ones? Gracious. Gracious. Gracious and mischievous. Mischievous. And he is all those things, but mm-hmm. he's like. He's more mischievous than the other yeah. two, but he's so charming mm-hmm. that you sometimes overlook the she wrote it so well in the beginning too because like he would be a little bit of a dick mm-hmm. but then he'd be super super nice yeah so then you'd be like mm, benefit of the doubt but then as the story progresses he gets worse and worse mm-hmm. so then you're just like oh i don't like this guy yeah sounds yeah. hard yeah mm-hmm. how would you expand upon jacob's observation um like i just said it he's a dick so beats up animals he's no friend of mine (laughs) ali just answered the next question how would you characterize august there (laughs) so i didn't answer the previous question i answered the next one yeah oh (laughs) that's what i would say you answer the previous one uh how would you expand upon jacob's observations i think i would also add that he's a hard worker like he's almost dedicated to his job because even though he's rude and horrible to the animals and everyone on the circus, his main goal for the circus is for it to do well. Yeah, I think so. So goal oriented, maybe that works. Yep. Which situations in the novel reveal his true character? When he beats up the friggin' elephant Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. or Marlena or Marlena or doesn't want to give the animals food. Or when he freaking does the thing with Rex, with Jacob. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just evil. Mm-hmm. August says of Marlena, not everyone can work with Liberty horses. It's a God-given talent, a sixth sense, if you will. Both August and Jacob recognize Marlena's skills, her sixth sense, in working with the horses. In what ways does that... Thank God. This is a long question. <laughs> it's a long question, and sixth sense is really hard for me. <laughs> and it's made me do this like four times now <laughs> in what ways does that sixth sense attract each man yeah you hear it now, <laughs> I do now. <laughs> should i ask the last question too i got distracted with the sixth sense i don't even know what you just read in what ways does that attract each man <laughs> the sixth sense yeah that, that she's good with horses yeah how does that attract yeah. well I think it's what 
first got Jacob. Jacob, because animals. Mm-hmm. And then because that's he's drawn to animals. He right. wants to take care of them too. And then she just looked beautiful doing it. Mm-hmm. And then with August, it's like that's a money maker. So that's oh, why he liked good it. Call, yeah. Yep. How do August and Jacob differ in terms of the importance each places on Marlena's abilities? We kind of just said that. One moneymaker, the other is like, oh, you actually care for these animals. After Jacob puts Silver Star down, August talks with him about the reality of the circus, the whole thing's illusion, Jacob, he says, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's what people want from us. It's what they expect. How does Gruen contrast the worlds of reality and illusion in the novel? Oh, I feel like I should ask all these questions. Okay. Okay. How does Gruen (laughs) contrast the worlds of reality and illusion in the novel? Is there anything wrong with pandering to people's need for illusion? Why do we crave the illusions that the circus represents? Well, I think uh, it's kind of true. Like, I don't really want to know all the behind the scenes stuff i want to just go enjoy the show right yeah i mean it's fun to know some of the behind the scenes stuff yeah uh but if i'm paying i mean i'm not saying i don't want to know that you're beating up animals no this is like (laughs) now now that they're you know animals Mm -hmm. are not involved anymore and tell me how the clown puts the shoes on yeah type of thing i was like just just give me a good show Mm -hmm. did i answer any of those questions kind of you didn't answer the how does Gruen contrast the worlds of reality and illusion in the novel? Oh, and why do we crave the illusions that the circus represents? I think that's just well, because it's a way to escape. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I These are hurting my head. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I'm still getting over being sick. <laughs> Give me a break. My brain is foggy. And last night, freaking... I stayed up late because I was typing up our Da Vinci Code <laughs> stuff. Yeah. And then, so I went to bed at one. Oof. And me, because now for some reason Tyler sleeps in my bed all the time. It's so annoying, but oh, no, whatever. <laughs> me getting in bed woke him up and then he was up for another two and a half hours. So I'm running on like no sleep. <laughs> what so, go in your own bed, kid. I'm going to sleep. It's too scary is what he says. Really? I'm like, is he afraid of his bed right now? No, he says everything's scary if he doesn't want to do it. Oh. I'm like, put your pants on. No, it's too scary. I'm like, shut up. Do it. <laughs> it's scarier seeing you naked. <laughs> so I'm trying. I'm trying. That's fun. <laughs> These are a lot of big words for my sleep deprived brain. And this happened the night before. To, no, the night before he was up getting sick. Yeah. So I'm running on like bare minimum yes so bear with me listeners <laughs> i'm barely bearing with you <laughs> okay, how does green contrast the worlds of reality and illusion in the novel okay. i would oh you go what were you gonna say so how she contrasts them so how yeah. is it so we we know about the behind the scenes stuff because mm-hmm. obviously it's the whole book right mm-hmm. but then we also get the show mm-hmm. so it's not like she only is focused on the behind yeah. the scenes and so that's i feel like Mm-hmm. the other thing i was gonna say is that uh kind of like with the other one that we already said she does a good job of putting it back to back where we get a chunk of behind the scenes but then we go into like oh but look we're at the circus right <laughs> talking about hard words and hurting your brain just wait oh no 
Reflecting on the fact that his platitudes and stories don't hold his children's interest, the elderly Jacob notes, my real stories are all out of date. So what if I can speak firsthand about the Spanish flu, the advent of the automobile, world wars, cold wars, guerrilla wars, and Sputnik. That's all ancient history now. But what else do I have to offer? How might we learn to appreciate the stories and life lessons of our elders and encourage people younger than ourselves to appreciate our own? I love listening to stories from people who like firsthand. Yeah. And I remember doing, uh, I think it was like fourth grade or something like that. No, I was, maybe it was middle school. I think I know what you're going to talk about. Where we had to interview like a grandparent or something like that. Yeah. That was like sixth, seventh grade bio. Something like that. Yeah. Isn't that weird? It was freaking science. Yeah. I know. Okay. <laughs> but but I remember being in the science room. So yeah, it was mm-hmm. okay. But it's like I interviewed my grandma. <coughs> I interviewed my grandpa and it was like listening to stories about how he, he was the first they were the first family on the block to get a television. Aww. And how it was like <laughs> Cute. the biggest thing. Yeah. And so stuff like that and it's like I definitely think listening to our elders and like stories is very important. I do feel like generations now are losing that Mm -hmm. i feel like they're very much about they have their ipads they have all their stories that they want in front of them they don't have to like we had to sit and wait for stories so sure we'll listen to yours we're at the grandparents house and there's nothing to do Uh so we have to listen to the stories yeah so we like i feel like we didn't really appreciate them no but looking back it's like that's so cool girl i can't even remember anything that i got answered from my grandma about that, that trip the thing. only thing i remember i know she was a nurse <laughs> yeah there you go and we're from the czech republic oh there you go yeah yeah but okay. other than that mm-hmm. and i wish now she's not here and <laughs> i can't go and ask her anything so so it's just i yeah mm-hmm. but these kids these days is like oh my no. gosh i'm so bored yeah. give me my ipad yeah they're not gonna know anything about the past unfortunately no unless they learn it in history and let's be honest did i learn anything in history either no (laughs) looking at himself in the mirror the old jacob tries to see beyond the sagging flesh but he claims it's no good i can't find myself anymore when did i stop being me how would you answer that question for jacob or any individual or for yourself (laughs) whoa Mm. we're getting deep (laughs) um well, I think, I mean, apart from like physical features, uh, you really like, I feel like I would lose myself if I stopped doing things that mm-hmm. I love. Mm-hmm. And so like once he got put into the home, he, didn't he get wasn't to, with Marlena anymore. Yeah. He wasn't with animals. He, he, he lost himself. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I mean, there's the obvious physical features of like, oh my gosh, I had no wrinkles and now I'm old and have wrinkles. But I think more, that's what I would think is. That's what you would tell yourself though? What is the question? That's hilarious because you don't even go and do shit for yourself now. (laughs) I bought myself a cup today. (laughs) (laughs) Woo! Stay tuned for this fascinating story in the Da Vinci Code. I'll tell you all about it. 
the question is is what would you <laughs> say to jacob or any individual or yourself for saying that do something you love that's what i'll tell them and do i do that no no i mean i don't know okay i i do things i like i mean i don't go through life like miserable like mm-hmm. right now i'm working on uh riley's school yearbook and or it's hard work and stressing me out at the same time i'm having a freaking blast with it mm-hmm. so it's like because i make myself a shutterfly yearbook for every year so this is it's like I enjoy it, but it's not it's not what I would qualify as no me time either. Right. It's working. So, so I'm, I'm not, stressing you out. Right. But I guess that's not what I'm saying is do no. me time stuff. I'm saying no. do stuff you enjoy. Yeah. So like when I go help out in her classroom, that's not something for me, but it's something I enjoy. So like continue to do stuff you enjoy what would you just say to someone who's in a home who couldn't go and do things that they enjoy like that? Mm. Like Jacob. <laughs> Break <laughs> free from <laughs> sucks. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, that's so hard because you can, you could say so many things like, well, why don't you, you know, if you really enjoyed, I don't know, say something. <laughs> say to me. Yeah, it's like tell me something that they might enjoy oh. and I have to come up with something. Oh, movie. Nope. Laser tag. Okay. They really enjoyed laser tag. That's what they felt like was like their thing. <coughs> you could say crap like, oh, you know what? You could go get a like fake laser gun thing and then just do I'm sure there's a YouTube video out there to like make pretend. But like it's not the same. I don't know how you would address that where they physically cannot go do something. I think I would talk about their spirit and about how emotionally you're probably still you. I feel like I would get depressed. Oh yeah. I I would. I can't do it. I know. But yeah, look back on those memories. (laughs) (laughs) Oh gosh. But you're right. I mean, it's, it's, lose lose <laughs> don't get old i don't want to get old i'm done <laughs> uh, in what ways and to what degree do uncle al's man- in what ways and to what degree do uncle al's maneuvers and practices regarding the defunct fox brothers circus reflect traditional american business practices oh because they pick and they pick and they want it. So the company that I work for is one that's big and just working here. It makes me realize that all the bigger companies, what they're wanting to do is become the biggest that they can buy the other ones. They want to be the sole big guy. Mm-hmm. But to me, that's also stupid. Cause like, what's going to happen is you're going to become big guy and all these people are going to lose their jobs. You're not going to hire all these people. So then you're only picking certain people. They just care about the money. Uh huh. Mm hmm. How would you compare his behavior with that of major businessmen in financers of today? I would say it's spot freaking on. (laughs) Yep. What alternative actions would you prefer? Uh, someone who's going to be nice. 
Someone who's not going to be a dick. Nice to me. Yeah. 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 I mean, we need the world to be nicer. So the big wigs should be the ones who do start. Mm hmm. Like they got the power. So do something with it. Agreed. Yeah. I. As he lies on his bedroll after his night with Barbara and Nell, Jacob cannot empty his mind of troubling visions. And he reflects that the more distressing the memory, the more persistent its presence. How might the elderly Jacob's memories corro- corroborate or contradict this observation? What have you or what what have been your experiences and observations in this regard? I feel like this is mixed <coughs> because whereas if it's like a traumatic experience, mm-hmm. yeah, that's going to stick with you mm-hmm. like for sure. If it's just like a bad experience, I feel like good experiences like like you'll remember those more right Mm -hmm. so like if you go to the store or whatever and you have a bad experience with a cashier but then you have a good experience like you'll remember the good experience way more than the bad one i feel like yeah and so um don't remember what the question was but i remember that was part of it was that part of it (laughs) how might the elderly jacob's memories corroborate and contradict this observation and what have been your experiences and observations in this regard? And it was the more distressing the memory, the more persistent its presence. Okay. I feel like I did my two cents there. <laughs> <laughs> I know I stick on distressing memories more often than anything. It's those 2 a.m. thoughts where you can't fall asleep because you're like, oh my gosh, I said that seven years ago. I can't believe I said that. Yeah. Yeah. Still to this day, there's things that I'm horrified i did when i here i'll tell you i'll share one when i was (laughs) when i was uh i want to say like seven we went to visit my family in arizona and my cousin Brittany and i we were trying to prank the the uh neighborhood boys right okay and i she's like i don't actually don't remember who came up with it but we basically were gonna say that i said bloody mary in the wind the mirror (laughs) and it happened like it was true okay and so like we were all convincing and everything like that and these boys were kind of like oh my gosh like type of thing i felt so freaking guilty (laughs) so guilty the whole trip that i felt so nauseous that my family self-diagnosed me that i was uh lactose intolerant (laughs) because i was like my stomach just really hurts and they're like I wonder if it's because she's been, you know, drinking the milk and everything like that because my <laughs> cousin wanted me to stay the night at her house. And I just felt so guilty. Oh, no. That I was like, I can't. I can't. I got it. Yeah, I'm going to stay home. <laughs> so like, but I couldn't tell her the truth. And so that was when I was seven. Oh, 23 no. years later, I still feel bad about it. My gosh. <laughs> I don't know if that was anything related to what we were talking kind about. Of. but <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Mine were not as mine are like, oh my god, I pushed instead of pulled. <laughs> In his Carnival of the Animals, Ogden Nash wrote, Elephants are useful friends. In what ways is Rosie a useful friend? What is Rosie's role in the events that follow her acquisition by Al? Elephants are always useful friends. But why? In what ways was Rosie useful? <laughs> she killed August. Yeah, and she also brought them in money. <laughs> yeah, 
Mm-hmm. Yep. After Jacob successfully coaches August in Polish commands for Rosie, he observes, it's only when I catch Rosie actually purring under August's loving ministrations that my conviction starts to crumble. And what I'm left looking at in its place is a terrible thing. What is Jacob left looking at? How does it pertain to August's personality and Jacob's relationship with August? And what makes it a terrible thing? Well, by August doing well, Marlena's still like, oh my gosh, he's like, I do love him type mm-hmm. of thing. And so I'm sure that's not easy for um, Jacob. Jacob to see. My thought is um, he's looking at a guy who's actually like taking care of his animal. His husband, Jacob's animal. Okay. And it makes it a terrible thing because he knows what he's capable of. He's like, mm. obviously right now you're doing good and she's doing good and this is great, but this is going to crumble soon. And I'm not sense. ready for that. Yeah, that makes sense. How did you react to the red lighting of Walter and Camel and eight others off the trestle? How might we see Uncle Al's cutthroat behavior has an indictment of a lifetime spent feigning emotions to make a buck? In the words of one reviewer. (laughs) I love that they put that in the question. (laughs) Yeah, I was sad. I was sad. I couldn't freaking, I was so devastated. I really wanted them all to make it. I know, it was really sad. I was so excited. I was like, oh my gosh, they have such a great plan for everyone. And then they did not. After the collapse of the Benzini Brothers Circus and Uncle Al's having done a runner, Jacob realizes, not only am I unemployed and homeless, but I also have a pregnant woman, bereaved dog, elephant, and 11 horses to take care of. (laughs) What expectations did you entertain for Jacob and Marlena's and their menagerie's future after they leave the Benzini Brothers Circus? How do the elderly Jacob's memories of Marlena and their life together confirm or alter those expectations? Honestly, I thought they would just join another circus or start their own circus or yeah. go into like a zoo or farm. I, I my first thought was zoo, mm-hmm. um, but or farm. Actually, I think my first thought was farm. But uh-huh. yeah, it's like, I mean, they did what we thought. Yeah, so they did. Spot on. At the end of the novel, Jacob exclaims, "So what if I'm 93? Why the hell shouldn't I run away with the circus?" What would you project to be the elderly Jacob's experiences after he runs away with the circus the second time? How does his decision reflect what we have learned about his early years? I think he would have freaking loved it. I think he would have loved it, but I don't think he would have done well. No, I think they would have made him like the ticket taker or something. Yeah. But could you imagine? I mean, like, I don't know. (laughs) If you were like the vet for yeah. however many years oh, and now you're just that. sitting there taking tickets i don't know if he would have enjoyed that a oh, whole bunch that's true i didn't think about that Plus, but i like, bet they might have been able to find something with the animals for him to do probably probably just sit and play with them <laughs> <laughs> i got this job on lock <laughs> let me play with them uh but i also think that he would have loved that a lot of the cruelty wasn't there yeah because he back in his day experience all the cruelty mm-hmm. and when he goes to run away with it i'm sure there's still some cruelty there mm-hmm. but it's not to the point that it was right yep. like i doubt they're red lighting people 
I hope not. <laughs> Old man's first one to go. <laughs> That's horrible. <laughs> In the words of one reviewer, Water for Elephants explores the pathetic grandeur of the Depression Era circus. In what ways and to what extent do the words pathetic grandeur describe the world that Groom creates in her novel? I mean, it's the circus. like It's the circus in the Depression. Yeah. They're feeding their lions and tigers moldy meat old meat yeah they don't have money to pay their workers so they're throwing people off of trains but it's also grand because they buy an elephant and they have this show that they gotta put on and xyz yep sounds good to me beautiful okay (laughs) don't judge us for not knowing anything about jacob (laughs) ironically (laughs) i know twilight jacob i got you yes (laughs) anyone else i don't got you (laughs) Uh, oh man you guys all right well this has been fun yes sorry we took a break we kind of gave you a little bit of a longer one not too much but no we'll probably edit it uh, yeah it's probably gonna be exactly how it always is so sorry guys (laughs) but yeah yeah all right stay tuned for monday we're doing paper no No, that's this last one that just came out, right? Guys, <laughs> we will get the schedule straight one day. When does this come out? <laughs> this comes out on Wednesday. So yeah, Da Vinci Code's next. I have to edit this by Monday? No, this comes out Wednesday. <laughs> so you have to edit it by next Monday. <laughs> right yeah yeah i'm with you now in my head we were talking about what's coming out on this monday (laughs) goodness guys okay uh i hope you enjoyed what just came out paper towns i hope you enjoyed no paper towns comes after da vinci code oh fuck it does fuck the giver (laughs) oh my god i just reshared our picture jeez checking our notes over here our schedule I hope you enjoyed The Giver. I loved The Giver. Uh, interesting. I'm excited. I got the series in my room now. I should show you how big they are. They did show me. Oh, I did? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I took the picture. I forgot. Because I also took the picture of the map. Yes. I'm excited about that. Did you put that in circle? I think. Okay. I hope. Yeah. And then I hope you enjoy Da Vinci Code. Another one of my favorites. Thanks for sticking with us. We hope you enjoyed it. If you did, we would greatly appreciate it if you subscribed, rate, and reviewed. You can also follow us on Facebook at Offscript, Instagram at Offscript Podcast 21, and TikTok at Offscript underscore pod. Shoutouts to Madame Ashen Creations for our adorable logo art. And Adam Daniel for our incredible theme song and to Creative Cinephile Productions for producing our podcast. See See you next time. time!